Today on Mob Rules, Phil joins us from his mighty mountain of YouTube dollars and fame. Battle of Lost Souls fame. Mm. Uh, we talked to Gav Thorpe about the Beast Arises series. And that's about it. Yeah, that's about it. It's episode 17 of Mob, Mob Rules. No, Four Phil. No. Yeah. No, Phil. Okay, I'll go back to my corner. How's it been? Yeah. How you doing? It's been good. It's been good. How about you guys? It's I've never seen you other than when I'm here talking to you. Or at work. Ever, yeah. Never at work. And, and certainly never when I play you. Yeah. Not me, but... Certainly never games. when you pound well, me into the dirt. <laughs> and, and, you know, take my I love pounding you into the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's episode 17 of Mob Rules, the, the podcast that gets a lucky-ass mindworm off on a fly run and grounds it <laughs> and then kills it. Who does yeah, that? Who does that? motherfucker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wait. I know who does that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, of course, wow. I'm, I'm probably the third or, or 700th most saltiest man on earth, John. <laughs> uh, joined, as always, by Ted. Hey. And uh, again, today, by our glacial geek, Phil. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. It's good to have you back. It's uh, been a little while. Yes, it has been a little while, but I appreciate the uh, the invite back. I, I see that you've uh, you've grown hair and lost hair since we last saw you. And I mean, yeah, probably, but I think but it probably been, evened out. Your your eyebrows are still eyebrowish. <laughs> still, I, I still have. I'm gonna eyebrows. ask you to put your pants back on. That's, that's pretty good. Uh, that was if you look at the writer, it says no pants. Oh. So we're yeah, doing writers. Yeah, I don't see yeah. anywhere where there's. A, I think that he marked that in. Uh, you did. You did say that. Remember, I have the Bell of Lost Souls fame now. So I have to, oh, yeah, everything oh. I do comes with the writer. From no. So, <laughs> I, I expect, no I expect to see the only blue M and M's. <laughs> he now walks into the stores for his recordings and his opponent be like, hey, buddy, it's a four-color minimum for my battle reports. Yeah. And then I punch the guy in the stomach, and it's just like, you know. Well, that's uncalled for. And then the bitches come flying to him. Yeah. Like, yeah, all, all of them. Yeah. And then, and then John made this, like, really great, like, juggling kind of motion with his hands. And I just imagine that, like, as they come running, like, each boob, like, lofted separately. separately. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was quite yeah. comely. And then, and then, and then, YouTube, the and then YouTube himself comes in and just starts making it rain. <laughs> all the dollars because yeah. it's YouTube it's IOU point zero 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 one percent yeah exactly yeah it's, it's all Monopoly money which I could then sell for you know the paper that it's worth it's kind of like our, our Redbubble money that won't show yeah. <laughs> we make a ton of it uh, uh, ripping off the yeah. small business I love it uh, so yeah Phil what have, what have you been up to recently um Lots of games, and uh, most of them recorded. So, oh, uh, cool. Yeah, so lots of, you know, the, the YouTube <clears throat> battle reports. It takes up a lot of a lot of my time, but, you know, I like it. So it's been pretty – people have been responding to them, so I'm going to keep on doing them. So they're pretty fun. I'm so. super excited to get, like, another night showdown. Yes. I, I'm, I'm yes. super jazzed. Yeah, our, our video uh, bat rep with the Knights actually did – it's, like, one of my best – I guess it's the second best, ones. like yeah. literally the second best. Second what was best the one. first one? There was that was the one against Danny and his Necron. Oh, okay, so, yeah. I think another one of his is going to be coming up. It might actually okay. be out by the time this comes out. Well, as long as it doesn't do better than my night one, <laughs> yeah. you'll be okay. Yeah. Otherwise, we're going to have to do all the night bit, yeah. uh, videos gonna, <laughs> to get it back up there and take out his kneecaps. Yeah, yeah. So, Hi, yeah. Danny. And, yeah. <laughs> and Jonathan's going to be on the the channel again soon too. Nope, nope, not going to be on there. <laughs> not, <gonna> be on <laughs> not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Cutting Phil off. <laughs> we were we were joking before we started recording here. 
that I couldn't beat anyone with my orcs, but Phil. And I, I like yeah. I think that I'm I'm um I'm a hundred percent undefeated against you playing orcs. Yeah, yeah. I think I've never <clears throat> won against your orcs. So <laughs> I, I've started playing Terrans in this last year, which I you know are no longer Dignits. They're they're Tyranats. Because <laughs> yeah. I feel that is a, a much better one. But oh, Tyranats, um, yeah, that's a good one. I took I took Phil at five hundred points and yeah, he just oh god. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very. Right. It wasn't a great. Well, my list was okay. It was. It's kind of scary. Your list was super scary. Like when you brought it onto the table, and you're like, "Oh, all of these things just keep coming back forever and ever and ever and ever." And so, I was like, oh, "Yeah, I, I ran a. Wow. Uh, I ran a at 500 points. So please don't hate the internet. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, no. Feel free to hate him. Um, he deserves it. I run. <laughs> but you still won. I ran. I mean, I'm just that good. On principle, <laughs> yeah, I'm, just, I'm just that good. <laughs> I ran him on principle. I ran a stock. A stock. Um, flyer. So, you know, Hive Tyrant with wings, two sets of Twin Linked uh, Devourers of Brain Linked Worms, and uh, Electroshell Grubs. Yeah, that's right. He brought a Flyrent to a 500-point list. But go on. It's, yeah, so two, <laughs> uh, that was 240 of my points right there. Yeah. Um, and then I brought just a Malanthrope and a little unit of Termagons to hang out in an objective in the backfield. And then I brought the Spore Field. Um, oh, yeah. and then I brought Meotic Spores as well. Yeah, so we had all the spores. So we had a thousand million spores that like in, kept in, coming back kept coming back. Alright, I'm going to do some math, but I go think, ahead and continue. I think the, I best, <laughs> the best part was when the Meotic Spores landed right in the center of his deployment zone. Right uh, in one. the middle of all of my people in turn one. So, uh, all right, yeah, so what kind of... Fun. You guys were playing on a 4x4 table? Um, sort of. So we are we about... What's, what's <laughs> was it 4x6? I, I think we ended up playing on like four by a five or something. like corridor. Yeah, it was technically a 4x5, but yeah, we yeah, it was about a 12-inch uh, yeah. corridor that was played that on. we actually played on. But it was going well. I got off a good psychic screen. Okay, I just I just want to point out that uh, you can't actually play with 100 million. Um, I did some math. Um, there's actually only 3,456 uh, square inches okay. on a uh, 4x6 table. So uh, you cheated. Okay, yeah. Right. yeah. John? Thanks, nerd. Well, hey, no, he, actually, he, he actually piled them on top of each other. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do that. The, really? Spores, spores John, then you lied to me. You said that's what the formation could do. That they could just like, you know, like... Ch- like, uh, that they could just, you know, acrobat style, like, ride on each other's shoulders. Uh, oh, okay, so... All right, I'm going to do this. He had it, like, so four, he had, he had, he had it, like five layers Three, deep. It was crazy. They are just everywhere. So so I think my favorite thing about um about the game is it, it confirmed two things for me. Uh, one, Flyrens aren't really OP. Uh, because they <laughs> as, as long as you can roll sixes on psychic So, powers. yeah, he did Mind Worm. He rolled a six to hit. He rolled a six to wound. Yup. Uh, which grounded him. Yup. In front of all of his graph. It yep. was quite gross. It was... Um, I mean, I liked it. But I, <laughs> I learned that my Termagants are MVPs. Just just MVPs. They uh, They took out... Two black knights, three, three black knights with one round of shooting. Oh, oh no, no, no! I'm sorry. They took out two, yeah. and then your your Malinthrope took out the. So thing. yeah, so my terminals. So so far, that low unit of termagons has taken out your flyer, Tad. No, I didn't know nothing about that. Yeah. <laughs> no, a There's flyer. no video evidence was, was, of that one. My son <laughs> Shark Bomber was not grounded by ass shots from flesh borers. By the way, I just want to quickly point out that if you did 100 million uh, spores on that table, you would have to stack 28,918 of them on top of each other. Yeah, that's and a, every that's, single that's square. Right. All right, sorry, right. that was it was it was it was a long it was a long video. It's going to take more while to add it. Yeah, a lot of balancing. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, so but no. I, and, I, 
had a boom to videotape from that high up, and it was it was crazy drone video footage and stuff. Yeah, I. <laughs> the, the other thing I learned is uh, I've been using mucoid spores wrong. I've been using them to try and hunt flyers and take down vehicles and do all that other stuff. Um, they are assassins. They are independent character assassins, and that is what they have to be used for for me from now on. They uh, took out Phil's warlord mm. uh, because they blow up strength eight AP three, which means they double out space marines. Uh, it's, yep. Yeah, it's. That's good. That means instead of losing by two points, I lost by one point, which end of the game was actually a lot closer than I thought it was. Yeah, because bad, I could, but because you're you're uh, the termagants with their uh, what two plus cover saves. There was nothing I could do about that. Termagants and ruins with Malanthrope. Yeah, so you've got yeah. ten wow. termagants with two plus cover saves. And he's like, oops, I just lost one. Good luck with the rest of them. I was super sad about that one, too. Oh, my gosh. No. That is the most highly defended two points. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he did. He just, all of 40K. Yeah. So he had, he had his, you know, his mal, uh, Malanthrope and his and his two-plus cover-saved uh, Termagants there. Holding, and, on, holding his Emperor Will objective. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, and now all of the, uh, all of the spores are just going to come on and just rain down on, onto your guys. I don't foresee a time where I will ever not run Sporefield because <laughs> when they die, they come back on a 4+, plus and there's nothing better than seeing all this firepower going into a Spore. And like, yeah, it's dead, and I would just roll a dice. I'm like, it's coming back. Oh, wow. Yeah. And not only that, you get to stack 28,000 of them on top oh, of each yeah, other, which means you hit 28,000 times yeah, every time you explode. It's exactly. It's, it's a pretty cheap formation. <laughs> for, I mean, model-wise, no, it's it's very, very expensive. Um, <laughs> well, 28,000 per square inch. <laughs> it got a little expensive. <laughs> so uh, what have you been up to, Ted? Uh, you were uh, so, providing some some skills helps. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so we uh, did a um, airbrush workshop last night. Uh, it was it was pretty cool. Like there was, we probably had uh, six, eight people, something like that, show up just to, with their with their setup. Eight people, six wow. or eight, oh, wow. okay. <laughs> yeah. twenty eight thousand per square inch. Nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and there were quite a few people that just kind of showed up to look. Um, it was it was neat because I think like there's so many times where you know you're talking to somebody like, oh yeah, you airbrush, and they're like, oh yeah, I got an airbrush a year ago, and I haven't even tried it yet because it's too scary. I've already apologized for that many times. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, you've also been using it. Sort of, sort of. I, I mean, face <laughs> coating stuff. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, that's a step. It's a step. So plug your ears, Phil. Um, okay. Real quick. All right, plugged, you're plugging plugged. them. They're plugged. Using your airbrush to uh, base with them is like the most horrible use of an airbrush. <laughs> I mean, there's so many other things that you. Can... Okay, take your fingers out. Okay. Yeah, okay. I didn't, I didn't it's like it. I'm using a supermodel to clean dishes. <laughs> 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 is it useful? Yes. Is there better ways to use that? Yes. I'm getting very nice base cuts, though. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Very even. Uh, but it was, and ca- I can now prime in the stupid cold weather that we have here in Alaska. Yeah. Nice. Um, so it, it's neat to see that people like trying to get people to use uh, fades and and other things and and really push the airbrush for what it's you know what it can be used for it was really neat um i think i got to set up three air compressors that had never been used before and <laughs> for the first time and show people how to get that ready so i mean there's at least three people right there who had never done it before that were doing it as of last night um and there are a lot of people that you know uh, gene it was over at tier one and uh you know gene was kind of fearful at first that it was just going to be like spray paint all over the place <laughs> like the, the the turquoise walls or whatever color they are would be black and red and like but i think afterwards she was pretty happy with that she's like oh, okay that wasn't so bad and, you know the fumes got to her a little bit so and then, and then you just tagged it tagged the wall yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
for a good time call. <laughs> I can't remember John's number, so I just wrote John's and hashtag <laughs> pound sign. <laughs> hashtag John. Yeah, yeah. And, Fill and, in the variable. And then all uh, all three of us have been playing in Tier One's narrative at Escalation League. Yeah. Um, starting at 500 points last oh, week, moving to Lord. 750 this week. So you guys got a game in together. Yeah. Right? I'm sitting. I'm sitting at one and one. Uh, one one lost one. Uh, Flyer and Sopi. Uh, Phil, you're sitting at three, three and one. Three and one. Because he's a cheating one. Yeah. Player. And mm-hmm. Ted, how are you doing? Really bad. <laughs> really bad. Uh, yeah. I mean, I thought I had like an okay list, but, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm zero and <laughs> two. Um, but I got, yeah, I ran up against Danny and he brought his uh, um, Space Wolf Horde. I didn't think there was such thing as a spaceful horde, but he brought a spaceful horde. <laughs> like, yeah, that sounds like Danny. It's like all of a sudden you see his list comes out, and you're like, 6, where, did, yeah, "Where did this come from? And this, how is this going to be any kind of of competitive at all?" And then yeah. he just stomps you into the ground. And you're like, "Oh, that's that's yeah. how it is." I know. I mean, he, okay. he had like he had uh, two ten man blobs of uh, uh, blood claws, uh, just vanilla, and then he had like two five man gray hunters uh, on either side. It was just like a, a, a big Congo line, and then like some. Uh, um, long fangs in the back with three heavy bolters and then a, a missile launcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had like <laughs> it was last minute. I had all these lofty ideas. Like, all right, man, I'm gonna like I'm gonna build myself a storm talent before or like the night before. I'm gonna do this, this, this. Of course, like when I build something, it take like I think the next guy I played against put his entire army together in the time that it made me it took me to build one captain. Yeah, I was, gonna say. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I was doing like had to hand build a, a like servo arm and. Yeah. You know, rebuild For a regular biker, and... it's it's mind-blowingly beautiful and awesome to see. <laughs> yeah. But I I look at it and it and it hurts my head to think about like all the effort that went into it. It's like, damn son, <laughs> like that's yeah. crazy. So so I was really excited because I was like, okay, you know, I, I got him done. Like I can actually play with him now. I mean, by the time I did the second game, I, he was mostly painted. Um, but yeah, I, I ran him, and it was so it was like the captain on a bike, um, and it was he has a, a power axe, the gorgon's chain because they're iron hands. Um, and I think that's it. And then I think there's a uh, two scout squad, two five man scout squads. One of them with bolters and cloaks. The other one with uh, sniper rifles and cloaks. And then uh, the uh, sixth legion of the dam because like I didn't have many guys put together or painted. So like yeah, I'll deep strike back there. He has a multi melta. And then I have like a you know my a, a dude with a flamer and then a guy my sergeant with a power axe and plaza pistol. And they they deep struck and got beat the. <laughs> yeah. My captain did really well, but I forgot about counterattack. So it was like, oh, okay, well, you killed two of my guys. Shook, 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 shook. 24 dice. Fuck. Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> I could not handle it. that. So he, um, it was a little prison rape scene <laughs> with my captain <laughs> as the suspect. <laughs> the suspect of the receiver. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So the second game, so that was really bad, but, you know, it was, it was a foregone conclusion once Blood Claws. And then uh, the second game was against uh, Dark, uh, Dark Eldar. And, uh, yeah, it was like, if I could fail a, fail a roll, it yeah. failed miserably. I had my, eventually I had my, um, so I, my captain ran in to kind of take out his immaculate and then a bunch of racks showed up and just decimated him. Um, and then I think there was, a oh, I had my Legion of the Dam show up, um, and they scattered onto terrain. So I'd have to take a dangerous terrain roll, but thankfully I can reroll the scatter, right? So I rerolled further onto terrain. <laughs> so everybody's taking a dangerous terrain roll, uh, roll. I, two guys roll ones and then they have to roll again and more ones. So I lost my sergeant with, you know, it's like decked out and plus another dude. So. 
Yeah, then he got owned by Rax <laughs> and Atalos. Yeah. And then it just, um, I think at some point, uh, he spun around behind my guys with uh, one of those little transport thingy wobs, uh, shot my um, my scouts. My scouts uh, failed their leadership and, like, ran through him, which meant that it gunned him down. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. So I was left with, like, three scouts at the end. I was like, all right, so I'm going to come up with a narrative where they hack themselves to pieces so that they survive. <laughs> Um, so it was, it was crazy. So, so aside from the, the game Phil and I played, that was my game too. You can play up to four games a week on this. Yeah, but, you know, with my I, my work fun, um, I managed two. Yeah, uh, <laughs> likewise. The first game was against Corn uh, Demonkin, and, I, mm. and I've never played against him before, so I got to learn the beauty of uh, blood tithe points. Oh man! And, wow. uh, and and warlord relics and traits and things. Um, I will say, and this is nothing against my opponent because Zach's a great guy, but it was one of the most boring games of 40k I've ever Why? played. So, so my my side was my flyer, my my gaunts, and my my malanthrope, and my spores all in reserve. Uh, his side was a unit of cultists and a demon prince with wings, um, and uh, some blood letters. No, the 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 guys on the the demons on the juggernaut. Blood, blood slaughters. Blood, blood, blood crushers. crushers that's right. Yeah. Blood Crushers and Deep Strike Reserve. So, like, units on the table, so turn one, you know, we move. Then turn two, my spores show up. Uh, flyering flies around. I forget completely about vector striking, swooping flyers, and my flyer dies very quickly. Mm. Um, I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm really so sorry. The, the entire Phil, rest. A little sympathy here. Um, I have no sympathy. No. <laughs> Not even a fake. So, no, he brought a flyer into a five point list. The, 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 <laughs> no sympathy. It's a, it's a very competitive league. I know. I That's know. the problem. <laughs> so, my, I a race night. My, my entire movement phase was um, my Gaunt sitting on one objective, my Malanthrope sitting on another objective, and dropping spores down. I think we went through like six turns in a half hour. It was. <laughs> Uh, I killed his demon prince pretty early on with some shots from my flyer, and then he turned into a bloodthirster <laughs> uh, because their demonkin has this special relic yeah. where if your character dies, it automatically turns into a bloodthirster. Oh gosh! Is like, that the axe thing? Or? Or? Yeah. Or I'm like, oh, oh okay, but it loses d three wounds a turn, and my opponent was rolling terribly because he rolled like for certain lose three wounds, oh. lose this, and then the gaunts. Oh, gaunts took him down. <laughs> so yeah, those gaunts, those gaunts took down a bloodthirster. Sure, nice. he did most of the wounds to himself, but the gaunts took a bloodthirster down. It was, That's hot. Yeah, it was hot. I enjoyed it. Enjoyed they it. deserve paint jobs. Yeah. If they're not painted, they're, they were all oh, painted. They painted. Oh, That's yeah, why okay. it's on the. It's going to be on the Excellent. channel. Yeah. Too bad that didn't help me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that, that's about it. Phil, what was your other games like there? Um, well, I'll, I'll tell you my list. My list that I had is I ran um, a level one librarian, uh, two five-man tactical squads, bare bones, no special weapons, um, a three-man squad of black knights, and a five-man devastator squad with two grav cannons inside of a rhino. So, you know, I make fun oh. of him for his fly ranks. Yeah, you and your grav guns and yeah. rhino. They're pretty brutal. Um, the first game I played against Josh Neal, and it was... Uh, Against Tyranids. And uh, he had the anti-grav list. Though. The anti-grav list. It was like no one with anything higher than a 3-plus armor save. And even those guys were like locked in a group of zero armor save guys. So the mm-hmm. majority armor save was <clears throat> you know, wounded on sixes. So, uh, yeah, he just ran up and just obliteratedated me the so, poison gaunt special po- po- yeah poison gaunt special just like straight up into my <laughs> bike's face and uh yeah it got it got it was pretty brutal uh especially since he was running with a uh zoanthrope so they all had their shrouded as well so uh, um, venom throat venom throat sorry mm. i don't know what bug names the are. Just throat like, yeah, one, the, yeah the butt throat the throat the throat things smells like poo <laughs> so uh yeah so it was uh yeah super brutal that was my one loss 
That was the first game I played. Um, then I played... Uh, the second game was the game against you, which went uh, very well for me. With uh, John, you're like, like a child. My iPad ADHD. case has a magnet on it. <laughs> um, yeah, so the second game went well. You know, it's 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 a whole lot of fun when you're like, I guess I'm just going to try to mind worm your flying hive target. So, and I'm, Jonathan's like, sure, go ahead. That's fine. So He's flying. So remember, you have to snapshot it. Well, I had to roll four plus. I had to cancel out. You got two successes. Yes. <clears throat> I had five dice I rolled to nullify it, needing four pluses. Oh. It was a higher level and a psyker. Huh. Um, and I failed. Yeah, he did fail. So it went <laughs> off, and I was like, oh, okay, that's crazy. I didn't think that was going to go off, so it went off. All right, but I still have to hit on a six. It hits on a six. Okay. Wow. So now he has to wound on the three because it's, you know, it's strength six and he's toughness six. So I roll, and it's a wound. Okay. So he's AP2. Uh, AP and ignores cover. So, uh, okay, so he's... Uh, He's wounded. And then Jonathan's like, all right, well, now I have to make a grounding test. I roll a one. I was like, all right, he rolls a one. He's like, oh, he's grounded. I'm like, all right, we'll roll, see if he's wounded. Yeah, he's wounded. So he's down to two wounds. And now he's sitting right in front of my grav guys. All right. (laughs) Bye-bye. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's how he got killed. And then I just basically spent the rest of the game killing my Black Knights against his two-plus cover save Termagants. And... uh, (laughs) And just shooting every spore that came my way as much as I possibly could. So, so uh, I think part of the league is uh, you get extra points. There's all, like all these different ways you get extra points. I think like having a painted model at some point yeah. that you painted just for that game, yeah. uh, or, or some of the others like uh, buying stuff at the store, starting yeah. a brand new army. Yeah. Uh, and the other one is doing a narrative write up. Yes. Yeah. Are you uh, are you going to do one? I am going to do one. Yeah. I just haven't done one yet. Not for that second game. No, I'm very, <laughs> very hurt by it. See, I think yeah. that one's um, gonna, that's going to play big into my narrative. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's going to be yours. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I'll probably end up doing that. Though. Like I said one time, because like, uh, this week I really focused on uh, actually getting caught up in, in the Beast Arises oh, series. Okay. And I finished oh. book two this week. Nice. Um, and I have book three in the mail, uh, which I will now be getting. Well, So we're going to talk to Gab yeah. about that, right? Yeah. yeah. He, he sent an email at one point, right? That he wanted to. Uh... <laughs> Listen, I woke up down. At, <laughs> yeah. at the stupid early. stupid early hour on a Sunday. So he better be on today. <laughs> if you're lying to me, Ted, we're going to have words. Oh, see, uh, behind the curtain fun is we already recorded that interview. So. <laughs> so, Jonathan, now you make me look like a dick. Stop so, it. So Phil's false He's rage. exposed you. That's the only reason that I could actually uh, make what? that threat. <laughs> because I knew it wasn't, I would never have to follow through on so, it. So yeah, no, we're, we're going to get a gav on. We're going to talk yeah. about, I think, the Beast Horizon series as a whole. I yeah. say, you know, I think when you know, we already did it, but um, <laughs> his his new book, The Emperor Expects, came out mm-hmm. yesterday or Saturday, yeah. the twentieth. I guess if we want to yeah, be specific on dates, um, so we rather than kind of you know spoilers, yeah, uh, talking about the series in general and seeing if we can get him to slip up and release some information about uh, some later on stuff. Yeah. Spoilers. So uh, real quick about the uh, the narratives, though, I just oh, want yeah. to also announce that we have a website. <gasps> I know we've been talking about this for a long time, but uh, it's yeah, <laughs> Well, it's almost as bad as what was the lemon party or whatever yeah, oh, that, no, that John had sent me a link to. He's so, like, I want a website that looks like this, and I had no oh, idea. Dad. And I, I was at work too when Dad, I opened it. I'm like, what are that? these old men so, yeah. doing? Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. 
Ted asked me to forward him links of websites I like the layout of. <laughs> so I said, you know, I really like this lemonparty.org site. Uh, please don't go there. He didn't uh, say that, though. He did not say don't go there. Listeners, do not go there. I'm at work. Oh, that's gross. I opened that at work. And I'm like, oh, I thought you knew. <laughs> I thought you knew. Um, but yeah, from that came mobrulesmedia.com. <laughs> he modeled it exactly off of that. He said he just used himself and Jonathan. Yeah. There, there's naked old men playing 40K. Yeah. Yeah. No, but the neat thing is, is you have access to all of our podcasts, mm-hmm. which you can find anywhere pretty much that we spam them. <laughs> so it's not like it's exclusive. Yeah. Um, Including MarthaStewart.com forums. <laughs> we, uh, we have, uh, so far we have some galleries. We have a few galleries. Yep. One of them is the, uh, the night Atropos. Yep. Um, John's been putting up his yeah. uh, Tyranids. We have our popular beers and brushes segments I've been doing once a week, which is oh, yeah. Yeah, which mm-hmm. has been getting a good one. You know, because I've had great success with my Tyranids with having a couple beers and painting. Um, it <laughs> That's got how my, you make a good Tyranid. It got my <laughs> Exocrine done. It got my Stone Crushers done. All of those are up on the site. Sweet. Hashtag beer and brushes. I, I like it. <laughs> so nice. I'll try to get some of the Iron Hands bikers that I finished with all the fancy servos. Oh, my God. They're um, so cool looking. So and cool looking. Uh, one of the other things, the reason I bring this up in the narrative, is that uh, a couple of years ago, uh, f- the three of us were playing in a, a narrative campaign, which I think we've talked about before, or it was Escalation League. Um, and we'd been writing like creative narrative um, mm-hmm. ba- battle reports. I think Phil and I, Phil started it. He was the first one. And then because of it, like a whole bunch of people started doing narrative uh, write-ups after the success of his uh, – uh, string words uh, <laughs> so um yeah i'm if, not just about visuals people I, i'm mostly about visuals <laughs> yeah. but every once in a while i can put a word or two together i was biting snarky comments yeah so. exactly <laughs> yeah. if you'd seen ted's face you'd understand why i had yeah. a little addendum. i was like i'm not just about visuals ted's like uh, yeah. <laughs> my son isn't just about being a second grader <laughs> he's also an astrophysicist <laughs> uh, it's like well he likes stars <laughs> <laughs> so anyway like I, I went back and put uh, most I lost two of them but there's uh, six of them up there seven of them up there um, and I think we're going to try and put all our uh, battle reps. So it's all, it's it basically is fan fiction, but yeah. uh, if you enjoy that, it's, it's really it. high quality fan fiction. Yeah. I'll have you know. <laughs> and Jonathan, I... Jonathan's going to start up some slash fiction actually with, uh, you know, have you ever wondered what happens if, uh, you know, if a, if a commissar meets up with a, with a uh, war boss in a dark well, alley, the, the, the commissar dies horribly. Oh. Yeah. But yeah, how Toughness does he die three horribly? against the power <clears throat> Check out Jonathan's slash fiction. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, and with that, let's, uh, let's go talk, let's <laughs> yeah, go talk no. to Gav. We're talking about slash fiction. <laughs> yeah, on, on that note. Boulder porn. Yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right. If you're in the Anchorage area and need your hobby fix, head on down to Tier 1 Cards and Games. Whether it's 40K, X-Wing, Attack Wing, Yu-Gi-Oh, Dragon Ball, Pokemon, War Machine, Age of Sigmar, Malifor, or even Magic, the Gathering kind, not the Siegfried and Royd kind, Tier 1 Cards of Games has the space, the players, and products for you to build your forces and destroy your foes. Not in Alaska? Enjoy our snow, suckers. We've got none. And while you're stuck inside, check out Tier 1's live Twitch stream at www.twitch.tv forward slash Tier 1 Cards. Streaming ITC format, 40K starting at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the last Saturday of every month. Oh, yeah. Dude, we, we all ate sausages. Not, not good well, sausages. Somebody did. I can see them. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you make sure to like make a lot of references to me eating sausages. Like <laughs>
I can say how you. I saw your sausages. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, just one though. Plural just, even, just, eh? just one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, two of them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, poor Ted. <laughs> it's a body mod community. Community, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, hey, Gav. Hey. Hi. Hello. <laughs> oh, we're we're on. Yeah. We're All right, we're on. Okay. Right here, but, um, uh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah, we're welcoming back Gav Thorpe, um, author of. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <is> whoa. <laughs> we're getting uh we're getting uh, the radio again. Yeah, we're 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 getting the radio <laughs> again. It's the morning of technical issues, yeah. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna try that. Yeah, again. A bit better. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's better, better now. Um, but now so... you can't see our sausages. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can see yours. You can't see mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. That, that's oh, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. So that'll be in the uh, show header right there. Yeah, yeah. Gavthorpe Apple shows each other their sausages. No, no. spies on our sausages by Apple through was it iCloud. Uh, okay. Explicit rating? Why? <laughs> why? Uh, okay. So yeah, I guess we'll get started. So, Hopefully, not get interrupted by ABC. So how you been, Gav? I'm good. Yes. Good. Yeah, so, so how many books have you yeah. had out since uh, we last spoke? How many have I had out? Uh, I think only two. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, only two. <laughs> just just having that Christmas break. <laughs> oh, there's a short, maybe a short story and an audio. I don't know. Oh, okay. I lose track. About yeah. sausages. Yeah. Well, I have to say, uh, you just wrote uh, or just released actually book three of the Beast Rises series, The Emperor Expects. Um, read this morning that is now sixteenth uh, on uh, iBooks uh, bestseller oh, list. Congratulations! Um, so I would yes. be remiss to ask, who do you think WWE is going to pull in for their cruiserweight <laughs> tournament? Calling for the cruiserweight. Yeah, so there's, there's a WWE Network exclusive cruiserweight tournament using cruiserweights from other promotions and all around the world. What are cruiserweights? Oh, uh, right. Little dudes. Oh, okay. Like midgets? Yeah. <laughs> they go kind of little dudes. No, not midgets, but yeah, they brought in people like that. Is this basically auditioning to replace Sin Cara? <laughs> for, for when he eventually breaks all of his fingers. So Willow makes Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Probably can actually hit a spot. Um <laughs> Uh, I don't know. To be honest, I don't know who they're going to bring in for yeah, the cruiserweight I, division. I, I'm, ex- I'm excited. Um, it's going to be good. I have to say, my, my finger is on, you know, um, What's your finger on the, let's say on the cruiserweight pulse. <laughs> I did. I did go and see a local, a real, a local uh, show. Well, which which Friday promotion night, was that? Real, you know, social club, two hundred people, guys trying not to hit their heads on the ceiling when they were coming off the ropes. <laughs> it was great. Was it, it was was it like proper, in the bathroom of a local yeah, yeah. Those are the best. Sometimes those are the best shows, though, when it's like just a hundred people crammed into a height, like a gym hall or something like that, or like a little social club. It's good times. Yeah. But anyway, definitely. definitely. So, so you had a. a, a you saw you saw who I met just before Christmas, didn't you? Did you meet Joe? When I yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All, all the jealousies. Oh. All the jealousies. That was Me and Joe hanging out in Warhammer World. Wow. <laughs> was that the first time you met him before? Or... Yeah, yeah. So oh, cool. Was, yeah, it was good. I'm glad it happened. Actually, it was good. To managed to uh, meet up. It was great. Was he seems it... like a super chill guy too. Did it? Did it have that like online dating feel? Like when you finally meet that person you've been talking to online for a long time, and 
<laughs> it was a, yeah, it was kind of like that. Which of us is going to be the bigger? Which was going to be the bigger geek? Really? <laughs> Am I going to geek out about wrestling? Is he going to geek out about forty k? There's a bit of both, really. Uh, so who who won? Yeah, Wait, was he the bigger geek? No, or cool. you? He's, a, he's a really chilled, okay. nice guy. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. Super cool. Not in the ring, though. Dude, dude's a monster. No, exactly. He is going to kill <laughs> no, So, So, yeah, in his old... Um, and, you know, I, I love to keep this all to wrestling, but in kind of his older days, um, I think... Wait, oh, in, yeah, supposed to be talking about books or something, else. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, something like that. Yeah, yeah. He, he wrote something. It's out now. Um, <laughs> but I think in his, uh, his... He was in another promotion called TNA, and the crowd would just chant at his opponent that Joe's going to kill you. Whoa! Yeah, overnight it was it was amazing, and it just yeah, he would just stand and soak it up. It's very good, very good. But yeah, uh, Gav, you wrote a book. Uh, I didn't mean to put such inflection in my voice there of surprise. You wrote um, a book, <laughs> but uh, you actually wrote a book. Yeah, so, you can write. <laughs> you know, I pooped earlier. You were uh, charged with nobody says excited. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you were charged with writing uh, book three in the, the new Beast Arises series, uh, investigating the the. Up until now, very unknown or very, like, uh, rarely written about 32nd millennium. Um, the legions are gone. It's, uh, you know, I read a joke online the other day that in the 32nd millennium, there is only peace. Because, uh, you know, <laughs> yes. everyone is kind of, you know, at ease until um, the the orcs get themselves an attack moon or seven or 30 or however many there actually is. So I, so I, I got to ask, like, who came up with the idea of the attack moon? Because that is the most amazing thing, like, since Ultron. Ultron. No, no Ultron? Um, Unicron. Unicron. <laughs> Transformers. I'm not sure exactly. I mean, we had, we had a couple of meetings. There, there, I think there were sort of... There were three meetings when we were kicking off the series. And the first one... The, and the idea was... It would be a Black Library exclusive piece of the background, essentially. Um, that you know, that so unlike the Horus Heresy, where they're obviously going into more depth, but this would be literally something which was Black Library only, really. Mm. Um, and and our first, first be... meeting came out of a bunch. Sorry. Please tell me there's going to be a Forge World tie-in. <laughs> oh, well, I don't. All the rest. I don't know. I don't know if there's going to be any gaming tie-in or not. It might be. I, not being responsible for that bit. <laughs> so no <laughs> resin cool. attack moon, huh? No, well, <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him. Just, uh, just, just throw a basketball into a bits box yeah. you know, and, and cast that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, the original meeting had loads of wacky ideas about, I don't know, stuff from the Dark Age of Technology coming back to attack the Imperium and all this kind of stuff, which was really cool, but probably a bit too far away from mainstream 40k oh, right. so they came back and said well we know you could, we said you could make something up but could actually just pick something that not a lot is known about instead <laughs> so there was this one line uh, they were working on fifth edition 40k at the time i think and there was this one line about the beast arises you know the galaxy you know the greatest wilder galaxy seen since the heresy and that's all it said and then it happened to be followed by this other quite enigmatic entry about the decapitation and the, and high lord uh, High Lord of Assassins, Vangerich. Um So that was kind of that. We, we picked up on that and went, okay, cool, let's run with that. So I think um, a lot of the early running was done by Dan Abnett because, you know, he's very comics-based and stuff as well. So that shared series, that episodic approach to writing was was very much from him. Um, so I think the Attack Moons kind of appeared very early on in that conversation, I think. 
So you say that um, there were... I, I definitely wanted to call one of the books Bad Moon Rising. <laughs> <laughs> There's still time. Can, can you make it like an 80s heavy metal? It might well be. I don't know. It yeah. might still creep in there. So what were some of the ideas that didn't get uh, used? I mean, the wackiest of ideas. Your, your all-time favorites. Um... For attack I, don't, I don't know if there's any wacky ideas we didn't use, really. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> as you'll see, um, as the series progresses, Uh-oh. part of the principle is, it is the orcs have kind of, because they've been allowed to sort of, I suppose, um, advance to this particular kind of explosion in their population, that was sort of like the war powers grown to such an extent that it's given rise to this new phase of technological expansion almost. So they've got these attack moons, but... Um, the idea was that there would be all kinds of weird and wonderful war engines and and casts and odd boys and stuff like that that you don't normally see because the way you know the way their society structured is they'll reach a plateau and then they might fight amongst themselves and then drop down again and it's only rarely that they kind of reach up to a next level and maybe um, a, a new a new strain of the DNA will become evident and a new weird boy or type or a new odd boy or a new technology becomes. Um, emergent, I suppose. So it's the idea is well, actually what happens when the orcs start getting towards the pinnacle of their power again. So it's kind of like Pokemon. Uh, and where you and reach what the next kind of evolution? mass stuff will they come up with? Yeah. Sorry? So it's like Pokemon where you reach the next evolution and get a new um, weird boy? Uh, exactly that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you've got to collect more. Because, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 like think, I think one of my, my favorite images so far, and, and, and something I've learned from this series as well, is um, I need to check shipping charges before ordering from Black Library. Because uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I ordered book one, and then the next month I ordered book two, and this month I ordered book three from Black Library. And, yeah. you know, yet to arrive U.S., all that oh, other of kind of fun stuff. Uh, but then I realized twenty two fifty a time in shipping. It, it was, oh, okay. But I got my free bookmark, Ooh. so that's, I got, that's all that matters. My twenty two dollars bookmark. bookmark. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> along with you. I mean, you could sell it on eBay for at least fifty cents. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think one of my favorite images um, in the series so far comes from book two, when the fist exemplar are being attacked by just wave upon wave of orcs, and they describe this plane that is flying towards their their fortress monastery that has a wingspan so wide that other smaller orc planes are taking off off of the wings and kind of things like that and just like all the kinds of crazy stuff that's going on there um one thing i was going to ask is is how do you handle kind of characters with existing backstory and kind of known conclusions i guess i mean yeah i know you mentioned van gorich as an example of this where like the, the only two things we really know about this part of history is that a great giant orc warlord called the Beast comes along, and, and then Van Gorge's kind of a coup, I guess, on terror, it could be called. Yes. Yeah, I suppose it's one of those things we've been dealing with with the heresy stuff for a while, which is how do you keep the story exciting if people know how it ends? Hmm. Um, I think in this case, there is so little that actually the how did this come about is, is really intriguing. You know, it's one thing to say uh, the greatest war the galaxy's ever seen sort of thing, but what does that actually mean? Um, and so some of the things we've just been talking about. But with the likes, and and also, as people read through the series, we play a few tricks in terms of um, doing things with orcs that people might not necessarily expect. And the fact that it's not just bigger, better, stronger, but also smarter. Mm. And that's... That's when the orcs, when you start getting smart orcs, like Gazgul, you know, that's when you start getting really dangerous orcs. Mm-hmm. Um, so although people kind of, um, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on during the Beast of Rises, which, you know, we've all read, which is the political side of it. And the idea that um, 
the Imperians got complacent, the High Lords are too busy with their politicking and all of that. And actually, in some ways, some people view the Orcs mainly as a as a, a plague that's been sent upon them almost in judgment for their complacency. So there's a kind of nice, sort of very epic nature to the, the Orc threat. But it's, it's for Vangerich, it's a catalyst, I suppose. It's, um, it's the opportunity. It shows up just how weak the Imperium has become. Uh, and so he's doing his best, I suppose, to... Uh, it's twofold, really, because he, he knows that the Imperium has to kind of survive this, um, but in such a way that the High Lords don't necessarily have to themselves, individually have to. Um, so, and and actually the High Lords are part of the problem, you know, that that their, um, uh, their continued sort of power plays and everything else is what's left the Imperium so vulnerable to the Orc attack. So, you know, never, a kind of a never again sort of moment, I suppose. Well, well, something wonderful that's said in book two to, to that um, kind of effect is is when Van Gorge is talking to Wyland, the inquisitorial uh, High Lord, about it. And, and Wyland was very specific about if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem, you'll be dealt with. Um, and kind of trying to stop him from trying to guide and, and correct stuff as he sees. Um, and we see kind of the what happens when Van Gorge goes in and tries to change stuff around and, and kind of influence the politics when the, the, the entire Imperial fleet moves um, but not to pick up the the guard, but just to kind of redeploy in one random sector and not really help anyone out. Yes, it's. I mean, it, Vanderwich is an interesting one because he's kind of he's it, it's quite a self appointed task that he has here. You know, it's like it's not in, really in his remit to police the high lords, although in theory he could be directed against one of them. Um, so, and, and the relationship with Wine and, and the Inquisition is one of the bits that I, I wanted to investigate in book three as well. And this idea that, you know, kind of that, there's part of it which is saying this, you know, don't worry, we're looking at the situation and, and Vangrich doesn't trust him. He goes, well, have you been, you know, where have you been for the last 500 years kind of thing? Um, and the idea that everyone has kind of taken their eye off the ball, really, including the Inquisition. They've, you know, they're going through their own sort of growing pains and, and kind of, trying to work out exactly what they're for. So the strife, it's that combination of internal conflict and strife married with this sudden external threat that's kind of almost overwhelming is what kind of pretty much brought the Imperium to its knees in such a short time. So what's it like, uh, you know, a lot of the, the other stories and and, and um, books that the Black Lyrys put out are, are very much, you know, the, the battle stories, the, the you know, the big... Bolter porn. Bol- yeah, exactly. Bolter porn. Yeah, where you've yeah, got yeah. like dudes shooting other dudes or Xenos, and that's that's <laughs> like what the story is supposed to be about. How's it been writing these stories with the the the, the political intrigues on Terra and the you know the more the the behind the scenes thing that kind of gets you know just either just assumed that it happened and that was enough for most people, or just glossed over where it's like yeah stuff happened on Terra, but also these guys in Space Marine. You know, power armor were beating the crap out of an alien. You know, so what's it? What's it like going turning that kind of uh, the focus back on the more? I, it's not really mundane because it's super interesting, but you know, not not yeah, the politics, the not the non tabletop aspect of the the fluff world. I think I mean it, it's a balancing act because they are still kind of black library stories. They need to have that sort of action element to them you know the stories about war i think the you said it there not mundane that's the point i think it, even though it's off the battlefield there's still conflict 
And actually, within the context of the Beast of Rises story, the two layers are intertwined. Exactly what's happening at the tabletop level, for you know, want of a better term, in terms of the fighting and things, is, is at this moment is very directly related to what's happening with the High Lords. Like I say, fleets getting redeployed, The what's happening with the Imperial Fists being sent into a battle en masse just to kind of almost prove a point um, and to move them out of the way, all this kind of stuff so that there's a direct correlation between the two storylines. Um, I think particularly sort of like in traditional 40k, um, because the Imperium is so broken, because the time scales between something happening in Terra and it affecting an Imperial Guard Regiment or a Space Marine chapter and stuff, those two things don't necessarily marry up. It's, you know, a clerk makes a rounding error and a thousand years later an Imperial Guard Regiment gets wiped out. <laughs> um, you know, the, the, you don't necessarily get that cause and effect, whereas you've got the two facets of it, I suppose. I mean, all, hopefully all the good stories from Black Library are, are all about personalities, really, which yeah. is what it comes down to is mm-hmm. character stories. Yeah. It happens that these characters are very powerful political ones rather than squad sergeants and chapter masters and imperial guard colonels mm-hmm. um and that's kind of and i know and people really do appreciate looking at like that i think but the the novelty is part of the appeal you know i think if every book was always tied into it's like the corrupt governor becomes a bit of a cliche you know suddenly if there's a political aspect into all the stories it would actually lose some of what's making the beast of rises special so but i think yeah kind of Giving stuff context is important, and, and the political stuff really gives context to space marines fighting orcs and yeah. you know titans blowing things up. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the biggest, you know, the pleasant surprises when I when I started reading the series. You know, you get this book with a giant orc on the front, and you kind of expect to see you know power fist into orc face, orc choppas into you know power armor, but then you I started you know you start reading it and you get these these the stories of what's going on behind the scenes with Terra. And the, you know, the, just just adding to the whole fluff, because, I don't know, I may be, you know, weird in this, but when I'm playing, it's true. you know, when I'm playing, yeah, yeah I may be weird. <laughs> but when I'm playing the game, and I've got my, you know, my little plastic men marching across the board, to me, they aren't just little plastic men, you know, like there's, like, summer reasons. Yeah, summer fights. <laughs> so, you know, like, the whole the whole idea for me is that it's, it's telling a story on, on the tabletop, and, and having that kind of, of, uh, Delving into that the aspect, the, the behind-the-scenes political stuff, really, I don't know, fills it out out for me, and I, I, I think that's really cool. And did you guys, did, was that in the discussions when you're talking about this series, was that one of the things that you guys wanted to emphasize with the series, or was that something that kind of came up when, hey, why don't we also talk about this? Um, I think it had to be, because we kind of married the two things together, the Beast Rises and the Beheading, and thinking, you know... Uh, the, the stories are kind of interrelated. It's not coincidence the beheading occurs the year after the Beast Arises. Mm-hmm. That there had to be, we had to be laying the groundwork, even if if this isn't necessarily about that story. That the Beast Arises and those events had to be laying the groundwork. It'd be ignoring a massive sort of elephant in the a massive assassin in the room yeah. um, <laughs> to do the Beast Arises without kind of at least acknowledging, but actually exploring why what happens afterwards happens. So I think it, what you say is, is, is right about, you know, showing you know, people who have a story in their heads. And one of the things that Black Library exists for, I've always considered Black Library exists for, is to is to paint the pictures for people to help them. You know, the sort of like the background's full of uh, sort of mad stuff and, and kind of definitions of the galaxy, like 
you know, the ter- you know terror and these, these gargantuan organizations are kind of always at politicking and the high lords are divorced from reality and stuff but actually that's kind of slightly abstract and so to write a story where you show people exactly what that means and how so many millions of lives are turned around by this and 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 the fact that people suddenly have an idea they have a, a better idea when they're reading that broad background what that means when they see that you know um an alliance between the ministerium and the imperial navy can mean this uh when they read it somewhere else even you know not necessarily in that much detail but the idea that you know uh, uh, say for example when you get to high lord van dyer and the reign of terror and the rise of the ecclesiarchy and all this sort of stuff it's given a lot more context of how that might have happened people understand how one individual could wield so much power in the imperium and that sort of thing so um i think it's important to step back from the bolters now and again and show that stuff mm-hmm. um but uh I wouldn't be expecting any High Lord miniatures anytime soon. <laughs> so, so you have like half a dozen authors working on this series, right? How many people is it? Uh, probably more now. I think oh, it's probably right. about eight. Oh, okay. <laughs> Seven or so eight. Eight, eight people. I mean, it's got to be like the god of all Google Docs in order to keep everybody on track, right? Like, what does your outline look like? <laughs> and how ridiculous? How many napkins does it consume? Yeah. Well, no, actually, it's not too bad because yeah. it's mostly those, those um, the initial meetings that I talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, it sort of it started off. We basically, <coughs> excuse me, we basically come up with a bunch of story beats that were going to be covered in each novel. So originally it was going to be thirteen instalments. I think it's going to be twelve now. Yeah. And so each novel was going to end on a, oh, you know, revelation moment. Oh my god! And these were the certain things that were going to happen between them. And obviously, Dan wrote book one, uh, and certain subplots were introduced and, and sort of uh, other characters. And Rob picked that up to book book two. Again, you know, some the assassins on Mars were kind of thrown into the mix and stuff. So there was a few subpots start to develop. I made up some stuff as well. <laughs> but, so it's kind of expanded as it went along. I mean, I've just written book eight, um, and the briefing document was a lot longer than it was for book three. Yeah. <laughs> in terms of all the all the stuff that's going on, but actually, but even then, it's kind of like in bullet point form. It's still only a page per novel, really, of these guys doing this, these guys are going there, and and it's basically hanging in uh, I suppose everything on that framework that we established in the early meetings of by the end of the book this has to have happened how you get there is kind of up to you but actually <laughs> you know, this is blown up this guy's dead and this guy's been introduced um, the detail of that I mean again uh, Lindsay who's kind of the series editor on it Lindsay Priestley is she's got the living document of who's dead who's not dead oh. what ships have we named they're the ones that start getting a bit bigger yeah. and kind of tracing back again Again, not huge because a lot of the characters that get introduced don't actually survive to the next novel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> especially not in the not, especially not at the start when the orcs are kind of killing everybody. Yeah. Um, so so that's something we have to keep an eye on, and you know, and sort of like chapter masters introduced and new chapters and things like that. So, but as interesting as as the series develops, actually it becomes the the storyline settled down. There's two or three or four distinct threads that we're following which are just being established at the moment so it's not you know and, and they're quite short novels they're fifty thousand words which is about half the length of a normal black library novel so there's not too much going on in any particular book it's just you know together in the series it all comes together really so i'll, I'll do you a favor gab i'll make a little tradesy with you 
I'll paint you. I'll paint you a Macedon if you uh, send all those documents. <laughs> like once it's all done, I mean, I'm not saying before the books are laid out, but like I know, think in yeah. January 2017 they'll be available on eBay. <laughs> but I would just love to see like the. List I'll, of, I'll like, change one vital. I'll change one vital component. Yeah, so oh. we'll know it was you. <laughs> so I think Van Gorch walks around with a, a pink bunny. Yeah, <laughs> that's it all. Down. Yeah, that's. Like I said, I think my favorite thing about again knowing a couple of story threads or, or kind of things that have been previously written or ignored about, say, um, Thane, the Fist Exemplar, now you know, uh, Chapter Master uh, by default, and and by about uh, Van Gorich is when I'm reading these books now. Um, like I said the thing about the beheading and the coolest thing to me is just the, the image. Um, there's about three or four uh, Space Marine chapters that assault um, the, the assassins on Terra. Um, and so then it becomes uh, a Space Marine Strike Force versus a uh, hundred Eversor assassins, which is something I just I would love to see. That that sounds amazing. <laughs> An army of Eversors. Yes, and one single Space Marine gets through and survives, and 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 uh, performs his duty on Van Gorge, shall we say? So when I'm reading through this, I'm like, which one's the Space Marine who survives to get that? Um, and early on, we have a couple of <laughs> candidates here. Um, we have uh, Maximus Thane, and we have Corland, or you know. Mr. Slaughter, uh, the last surviving <laughs> Imperial Fist. Uh, now, now Corland is an entirely new character here. Um, so what was kind of the, the thoughts behind his creation and kind of what purpose he serves? Um, well, uh, he, he, in a way, he's kind of self-explanatory because he is the last of the Imperial Fists. Uh, and it is kind of, I know it's a running joke that Black Library loves beating up on the Imperial Fists, but it's kind <laughs> of true. Um, but, uh, but we wanted something major. One of the things that, that you kind of read now and again, or people comment on with something, say, like the Blood Angels background and saying, you know, in Space Hulk, they were reduced to 50 warriors um, during one of the Space Hulk boardings and things like this, um, or lost, you know, entire first company, stuff like that. And the idea, and they go, oh my God, I can't believe he did that. And you go, this has happened many times. Most of the main <laughs> chapters, they've been around 10,000 years. Then, you know, what happened to the Crimson Fists? You know, okay, maybe the Ultras have never blown themselves up. But um, too busy polishing their you know, armor. They've been, you know, they've been through some serious campaigns where they've hardly survived. You know, they have been. There's been a continuity for ten thousand years, which is one of the things that make those first founding chapters so symbolic to the Imperium. But uh, and, and and what they represent, and uh, and this is one of those it's one of those incidents where the Space Marines take a big kick in. You know, and Imperial fists, are, I suppose. Uh, it makes sense because we wanted the story focused on terror with the build-up to the beheadings. So it made sense that they were going to be the the poster boys, really, but also the the scapegoats, I guess, in terms of making an example of them. Yeah. Of like, no, no, all the big guys at some point or another have had a really serious shoe-in, and this is one of the ones that the Imperial Fist got it. So, um, uh, so Corland, but Corland's the last of them. He's the survivor. He's the, I suppose... Um, he's the indomitable spirit of of Dawn and all the rest of it kind of carried it and the idea that what I did with book three and setting up the idea of the last wall protocol in terms of you know they always planned for this idea What one of the things I really like um, about where the series goes and, and some of the themes it examines is the idea of the legions were broken up for a reason, Gilliman create the Codex of Stites and create a thousand warrior chapters and things to stop too much power ever being in the hands of so few individuals again, be they Primarchs or, um, you know, regular folks. And 
actually, we know that's just not really that's not really what happened. The imperial fists they had this last wall protocol for the for the, the successors to come together because we know Dawn didn't agree with the Codex Astartes. It was only kind of to avoid another civil war that he agreed to split up his legion. The Black Templars went off and did their own thing and stuff like that. So the idea that he went, oh, hang on, lads, but actually, if we ever need a legion again, this is what you should do. Yeah. And Corlin knows that as the last of the Imperial Fists, you know. Um, and he's possibly the only one with the authority, the moral authority, if not the absolute authority, to do that. And one of the things we examine going through the series is this idea of who holds the power. If the Space Marines decide to start banding together again and forming large armies like they were during the Horus Heresy. Hang on, who started the Heresy again? Was that the Space Marines? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and, and various other, yeah. and, and they're all on our side, aren't they? Honest, yeah. Um, and, and various other things. So that's really fascinating. It examines that there's there's kind of a nice three way uh, sort of uh, big picture going on, which is shows the relationship between the Space Marines and the Imperium and the Adeptus Mechanicus, because that's another growing part of it. Is again reminding people that the Adeptus Mechanicus, and again certainly you know sort of like only a couple of thousand years after they were subsumed into the Imperium. Um, are a separate organisation. They've got their own hierarchies, they've got their own agenda and things, and they, they're they sort of more of a partner state than actually an intrinsic part of the Imperium. And the Space Marines are the same, although they're technically part of the Adeptus Terror, they're all sovereign forces. They can do what they want. They have oaths and contracts and stuff, but actually nobody can actually boss them around. Yeah. Uh, and so this all kind of spills over, I suppose, during the Beast Arises. Yeah, I kind of like the uh, how the Mechanicum, they, and it didn't really solidify until you were talking earlier, but they almost seem like the uh, um, the the bureaucracy in the movie Brazil, if you ever saw that. The Terry Gilliam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, like I love Brazil. Loads of paperwork flying out of nowhere, and it was just the impenetrable. <laughs> so, so, so something that struck me for, from reading um, from the, reading these these books here is the the Mechanicus or the Mechanicum are, are one of the the factions in the story who've changed very little in the in the ten thousand years between thirty k and forty k. Um, coming out of book two, I, I think they're they're massive dicks to, to be perfectly <laughs> honest you know um nothing changes <laughs> for from the background there essentially they are partially responsible for the majority of the destruction because they were perfectly aware of what was happening and what would happen mm-hmm. but they had to kind of sit behind the sun and go and watch what happened and observe from data um when you have um my report my precious report yeah when you have four remaining space marines from a uh, first founding chapter alive and you decide to kill seventy five percent of them because you're you know hey my report's incomplete. <laughs> it's um, as an imperial fist player myself that was difficult to read, <laughs> but uh, right. okay. I mean at this point we have you know the the high lords bickering on Terra. We have uh, Mars trying to um, teleport themselves out of the solar system. Uh, we have the orcs coming in. Um, at this point in the story, we're kind of ending the first quarter of the of the story arc overall. Who really is the is the true enemy at this point? Because I mean, to me, the orcs, while written so far as kind of uh, terrifying and killing, they're more a force of nature than a true enemy at this point, uh, or as presented in the books. Um, that yeah, that's quite that's uh, astute, I would say, because uh, there, uh, that's the the thing is they are a very obvious threat, um, with the actual danger. Is the Imperium itself? I mean, it's that stagnation, is that um, internal divisions. But also, um, one of the things we'll see developing in the series. I can't really talk too much because I don't want to give away <laughs> some stuff that happens in the next couple of books. But it masks one of the reasons the Inquisition have kind of 
it looks like they're taking their eye off the boys because they've been looking at something else. You know, they remember what caused the heresy in terms of, you know, the guy that was, <laughs> the, the guys that, you know, Horace started talking to yeah. <laughs> and getting ideas from. Um, and, and, and still very much remember that that's the real threat in a way. That actually the orcs, whilst a possibly apocalyptic event <laughs> yeah. in its own right, shouldn't distract him from an even bigger picture which is the continual fight against chaos hmm. you know and so um, that's one of the reasons why they've almost underplayed the threat of the orcs and, and their response and because uh, it has all the potential to be the most big distraction possible so what happens in the next couple of novels reveals uh, quite a lot of um, what the Inquisition have been thinking about and where Again, that idea where the legions and the chapters are at in terms of their relationships with the Imperium and what would be, I suppose, what their, where their loyalties actually lie. So, so um, what a, for our listening audience, I just want to point out that you heard it here for, uh, first, folks. Um, Gav has just announced that Chaos is actually the orcs, yeah. and uh, Corland is actually a weird boy in disguise. Yeah. So you heard yeah. it here first. It's, it's, it's the first Black That's Crusade. Right. He's not... He's, um, He's, he's four Gretchen in a suit of armor. <laughs> no, and then and then spoilers to put on your muffs, Phil. Uh, but at the the end of book two here, I mean, what what really talks to that and kind of the the thought and the feeling in the Imperium at the time is that they, they what they chose to do was exterminate a planet so it couldn't be tainted, rather than let it be tainted. And I mean, if you take that to you know Imperium like the the body of the Imperium and chaos itself. Uh, you know, it would rather be destroyed than be tainted by that kind of stuff. Um, what I've seen so far as well is the Imperial Truth and kind of the Ministorum has not been a super huge part of this. Uh, obviously, only a couple thousand years removed from, from the Emperor's death. They're not quite as, you know, hugely, uh, hugely zealot-like in, in their worship. Is this something we're going to see kind of addressed more later as the series goes on? Um, yes, I suppose is the answer. Yeah, there's there's more... <laughs> Uh, the, the, the idea of the, the nascent ecclesiarchy and stuff develops more over the next few books. Um, and also just, I suppose, the, um, the the sort of the burgeoning divide between the central imperium and its religious beliefs and the space marines. Again, you know, it's like, the, we always, again, it's one of those things we always read and say in the codex and stuff and go, you know, well, you know, each chapter's got its own traditions and they don't really, um, you know, they, they don't adhere to the imperial creed and, and or you know sentized the ecclesiarchy and stuff like that and go, well this is uh this is showing that i suppose in a by example of when you've got a bunch of space marine chapters and you've got a bunch of uh you've got the ministorum which is still kind of establishing its own authority but has got huge popular support i suppose and again this is years well you know millennia before it was curtailed from having its own armies and things like that as well so this is where this is um, one of the things I I put into book three is there's a fairly brief exchange, but it sort of talks about how they start putting sort of preachers and things into the imperial army and into the imperial navy. Well, this um, is kind of nuts. As because... part of the, in return for their support of uh, Admiral Lansung and and his plans and stuff. So basically, it's a bit of that what we see in 40k in the 41st millennium and and how. You have the ministerium spread throughout all the imperial forces except the space marines. You go, well, these are this is where some of those seeds were sown in return for the support of the ecclesiarch. 
those organizations agreed to have you know basically missionaries and things in their ranks allowing to recruit so you know um you know eight thousand years later and you've got the galaxy-wide domination of the ministerium as it is as we know it and love it <laughs> and van gorge could have checked all that <laughs> could have done well you know he tried yeah. um, he was so close so, spoilers i think he gets to it <laughs> it's called the beheading i think he gets to it later on in the oh. series or no maybe not later in the series maybe in a different <laughs> one there um so i actually i have a question i guess less about the specific year but um when when you guys decide to 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 write and explore something kind of as mind-blowing as nearly wiping out an entire you know an entire chapter of space marines is there a lot of discussion to that or is that kind of when you guys got the you know the manuscript from dan abnett and you're like oh okay well i guess the imperial fists are now just dead by the way like, phil hasn't I, slept in about three days since he last read that book so. <laughs> <laughs> you know like the con the concept to me you know if i was a you know if i was a writer and suddenly you're you're you have you write something like this, something that groundbreaking like that. Is there a lot of discussion within, like, between all of you for that kind of thing, or is it just kind of you guys have the free reign where it's like I, you know, you can wipe out a chapter if you so desire <laughs> for for black. No, that, no, <laughs> no, you have to get uh, you have to get GW to sign up for that. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so Gav is very no, no, that was always in, like I said, always intrinsic to the story, really, of, yeah. of the Beast Rises and uh, uh, and the Imperial Fist. There wasn't. You know, we didn't um, suddenly start emailing Dan again. What have you done? <laughs> um, I had a huge, I had a scene with the hundred imperial fist plan. Um, you guys said you didn't care what happened in the middle. Um, <laughs> but yeah, or find and replace the imperial fist with fist exemplar. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, it's that... so no, that that was kind of you know something that big, and yeah. a lot of the other big things that happened. Yeah, that's all. They're all established and kind of agreed and signed off by GW. And they, in those first couple of meetings and stuff like, oh, we're happy with you to do this. Yeah. Um, <coughs> but I mean, yeah, it's. Um, uh, I think it varies from author to author and series to series as well. Obviously, the Beast of Rises is very much a, its own thing in terms of, um, it was deliberately constructed to create this, um, this time frame really this yeah. this period, um, and and be the background for it. Mm-hmm. whereas obviously a lot of the other stuff comes much more centrally it's done in codexes and other supplements and things uh and we have to very strongly adhere to that so sometimes an editor will be happy just to sign something off if you're gonna you know you say okay yeah i'm gonna you know name the commander of the third company of the blood angels or whatever you know, yeah cool whatever we'll try and remember that yeah. <laughs> um, if, if you say i'm gonna try and wipe out all the blood angels actually and reveal that Dante's actually a mutant. Um, yeah. Slightly less cool. With so, yeah. yeah, like daytime soap operas. Yeah, <laughs> slightly higher up on the uh, on the on the food chain there to sign off on something like that. Okay. Oh. Yeah, exactly. So, well, if the editor's got any sense, he'd, anyway. <laughs> what, what, what are you guys <laughs> to insert a script? What you guys got to do in the Black Library office is I'm going to need you to put up a whiteboard with all the authors named on one side and then a kill count. <laughs> along this side <laughs> yeah because you know i'm aware Dan's we're winning where dan just added like 999 people to that but, <laughs> with, with the heresy writers um so something I, something i'm enjoying as well is the stories of the the fist exemplars um or you know the the imperial fists and waiting as i like to call them there um 
Right. <laughs> uh, that's the the third thing kind of going into the series we knew or, or kind of from reading the name. Um, I kind of I read Maximus Thin. I'm like I've I've heard that before. Mm. You know, I've heard that before. And he was done. I mean, I don't know how how tightly we're sticking or retconning, but uh, in an old book called Space Marine, released in 1993, he was listed as an Imperial Fist chapter master. So I'm like, okay, okay. That's what you do. So kind of seeing their journey along, and especially some of the, the scenes in the monastery uh, with him has been kind of a, a real joy. Are we going to get to see some more of Max Mustaine in your book coming up here in book three? Um, uh, you don't see too much of Stane. He carries on. I suppose um, uh, in, in book three, it's more of a, it kind of pulls all those story, Imperial Fist storylines together into one, really. So you've got... Black Templars, you've got Thane, you've got Corland, all of that kind of gets put onto the same stream. But that definitely, in the books to come, that's that's you know that's the major thread for for the Space Marine side is Thane and Corland and Bowman of the Black Templars. They're the guys that are really pushing that story along. Um, and so yeah, I mean it's not it's not the names aren't a coincidence. <laughs> you know, it's not, oh yeah, it just happened. To, oh, um, yeah. But also. You know, you think space marines live a long time as well. So mm. if you know, if at some point Max Mustaine becomes chapter master of the Imperial Fist, it's not necessarily during this series, but it's a nice. It's like you get in the Heresy now and again. You'll get a name or you'll get a nod to something that people know how it might turn out eventually. And you go, oh, right. and and that real world history that's attached to that name, I think, is uh, is part of the fun of it. And, and uh, you know, there's a few other things that we've kind of thrown in that are nods towards characters or situations that might never actually be explained within the series but i suppose they're kind of a bit of a they're easter eggs for fans and things who, who've read all the stuff and looked at all the footnotes and all the rest of it and they think oh actually that must mean that <laughs> x is y and the you know the dog is a fish and falls down the shaft and yeah. that's why he goes and does that thing um there's a little bit of that going on as a reward really yeah. you know so we do it with the background all the time we're just throwing in little bits that you know the, the super fans will find uh, entertaining. So how do you keep track of this? I mean, go, what kind of lexicanum do you have? Or do you just like go to like the, <laughs> the nerd forums and see what people have been posting? Like, Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like, you... Yeah, no, that's exactly what we do. <laughs> we, <laughs> okay. we just send each other, we know, whenever we're doing a brief or doing a pitch or a synopsis or something, we just do, you know, yeah. yeah, we just, you know, include the URL for, 40k wiki on <laughs> I read about this guy. Is this true? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Is just this just crowdsourcing your uh, your information gathering? <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah. Well, it just went well when I was yeah. reading, reading about Thane in the book. Too. It really it just like knowing that he was an Imperial Fist chapter master really kind of tainted my reading of the chapter because I'm like, wait a second, these guys just lost their home world and fortress monastery. They don't have a home now, and there's an empty phalanx. I'm like, wait a second, these guys' armor's <laughs> unpainted. Why is that? You know, I just kind of. <laughs> Yeah, it was good times. <laughs> so, what what's the the focus on book three here uh, on the Emperor expects? Um, the Imperial Navy really is the you know major character or major player, I suppose, in the books one and two has been um, Lord Admiral Lanson, who's been sort of like essentially de facto military commander so far, um, and so this sort of brings. I mean, I love the Navy and the Imperial Navy and, and all that kind of stuff. So it was an opportunity to bring them front and centre. So um, while we continue with the fun politics and Inquisition and Bangorich on terror, uh, 
to sort of we dial, uh, dial back a bit on the Space Marine front. There's still, uh, you know, we're kind of following the story of Corland and Thane and Bohemond a little bit, but actually uh, the bulk of the fighting part of it now moves to the Imperial Navy. So, and, and the response of, um, and the political side of that as well, actually, of different admirals and the loyalties they have to Lansing or whether they're out of favour and what, you know, where they've been sent to some god-awful missions in the middle of nowhere and, and all this kind of stuff. Um, but also the great traditions of the Imperial Navy um, uh, and what kind of fine fighting stuff they are and stuff. And also just loads of big battleships blowing the crap out of stuff. <laughs> um, uh, and culminating essentially in a in one way or another, um, they end up having to directly attack one of the Orc attack teams to prove that they can be destroyed. Was um, there a small hole in the top of it, an unprotected <laughs> vent shaft? <laughs> Approximately the size of a uh, Tempted. Uh, no, no. It's a single thing. It's an orc attack when there's big holes all over it. <laughs> it just doesn't matter. A single Thunderbolt fighter could make the run. <laughs> I could definitely yeah. see somebody out there modeling something like that. Oh, <laughs> God. It'll take all yeah. of the resin. Gosh. $10,000 model. Um, so let, let's let's move on to one of my favorite new characters here, um, Beast Cruel or, or Ezinwire. Oh yeah, um, our, Clint East, yeah. Our, our retired Clint Eastwood Calidus assassin, maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, he, you know, an unassuming character in book one until the end there, where he was just kind of uh, an arbiter on 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 doing the desk job, but then he turns into this uh, Clint Eastwood meets Wolverine, um, <laughs> uh, this really killer assassin. Tell me a little about about Beast. Or our second beast, I um, guess. Yeah, the other beast. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that, and, and this is kind of and this, that was that was one of Dan's creations, I suppose, in terms of uh, he said why I wasn't a, a character that was kind of set down in terms of being necessary for the big plot, but sort of like just introduced him, like I say, towards the end of the book and kind of put him into motion for the rest of us to play with, uh, and it's, it's very much developed into. Uh, through the following books has developed into a recurring character. Same with a couple of the tech priests, actually. Um, you know, again, they could have just been dropped out of a couple of the books, but actually it's quite fun to keep them going through there. They're a bit of a kind of R2-D2, C3PO continuity to them, <laughs> kind of continuing through. Um, but, um, yeah, for, for Beast Cruel, also it's a it's kind of a bit of a play on The Beast Arises, which beast is the title, actually, about mm. what role is he going to have to play by the end of it uh, in terms of, um, he's an assassin. There's a badass or warlord. What could happen? All this kind of stuff. So um, it's just uh, just to add another uh, another element of vegan speculation. Because one of the things is, of course, because we knew this was being released on a monthly basis. It's fairly much you have to read and participate as it's being released. Obviously, I I, I don't know. Obviously, but there, there might be collections of the books later on and stuff. But once it's done, it's done. And so actually all the fan participation and speculation and stuff we're doing now, you know, kind of, it's, the, the episodic nature of it is like watching the new series of your TV of a Game of Thrones or whatever, where you can talk about it, and then it gets revealed the next month. You're not yeah. waiting another year, another two years. Yeah. And so yeah. um, putting all these things in motion, what Beast might be up to, what are the adaptation mechanics doing, what happens with Call and Maximus Thane's fate, all this kind of stuff is... is deliberate grist, I suppose, to the rumour mill. Mm. Um, 
to, to get people excited as well and speculate and, and participate in the books in between the releases like they would for comics or TV or, or anything else like that. So, um, and but yes, I mean, he definitely has a part to play. So have you been following a lot of the fan speculation? Um, bits of it, I suppose. I mean, it's early day. I mean, like I say, it's early days for the fans because if any, you know, book three's just come out. Um, whereas, uh, I think, um, Guy Haley's just finishing the, or just working on the last book right now. So, um, we know all the cool stuff to come <laughs> that you guys haven't seen yet. And, and that's going to kind of make you all just essentially shout at each other a lot. Um, <laughs> What? It and then take much to do that. Nerds yeah. shouting yeah. at each other. What? So what's what's your favorite yeah. fan spec? Like, what's your favorite? Or, or what was? Wait, what's my favorite? Yeah, yeah. I mean, just like the most bizarre, the, the thing. most out there, outside of Corlin being through uh, for Gretchen. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's fairly on the money at the moment. I suppose there's the people. There's the speculation between are the Chromes the same as the Megarachnids from Murder <laughs> and Horus Heresy. <laughs> Um, because there's only ever one arachnoid species in a galaxy at a time. is oh. <laughs> um, uh, one of them. It's not really out there, I suppose. I mean, there could be. That's kind of that goes back to, I suppose, the idea that almost any weird alien in the galaxy was seeded by the Tyranids. Um, <laughs> oh no, they're a Tyranid monster. <laughs> um, uh, expect to see. So, expect to see the box set coming out later. I, I, I like to. I, yeah. like, I like to think of the Chromes as generic monster number seventy-three yeah. for plot advancement. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, that's right. Uh... So I am Slaughter. Um, At some point, the moon starts yelling, "I am Slaughter." Was that was that of its own device, just like a, a correlation, or did they pick that up from the um, from the Mechanicum when they figured out what the I guess what were they broadcast Corlin's message? Um, I think I th- that's one you'll have to wait and see. Oh. It's, oh. it's, it's, well, it's not bad. it's not a, it's not random decorations. Again, it's it's kind of just playing around with the names and the terminology a bit and stuff. So you've got several beats. You've got several. You know, the, the title itself, "I Am Slaughter," could actually refer in several ways to what happens, whether it's slaughter the character, the beast itself, all that sort of stuff. So. Um, because you know Dan's got too much time to think about this stuff. Obviously, <laughs> Gav getting um, his gold star from yeah. the Black Library PR department yeah. right there. Not spoiling. <laughs> well spun, sir. <laughs> so you did. But there's yes. a lot. Of, yeah, we, Go ahead. Yeah, just having a bit of fun with that in terms of playing with expectations yeah. and setting up certain things, and even with the titles and stuff like that. You know, the Emperor expects. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys you don't get the same history lessons we do, but. Um, I did. Before, <laughs> I, well, you do, yeah. You might get, get the reference. So essentially, before the Battle of Trafalgar, big big battle for the, um, the Royal Navy, mm-hmm. Nelson sent out a signal to his fleet, which was, "The Emperor expects every man to do his duty." Um, and, and that was he, that was basically his inspirational speech at the time, which was, <laughs> took quite a while because they were using flags. But, um, <laughs> and so, so the, it's a whole play on that. The Emperor expects yeah, and. My love of sort of Napoleonic Navy and things like that. So, so you did a and uh, later on there's some of the other titles like you did a, um, a Twitter a, a campaign, campaign right for a while, like trying to come up with like the best. I did, things. yeah. What, what that was they, great fun. What came out of it? Uh, that was awesome ones. There was lots of the Spanish Inquisition. The Emperor expects the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> um, or, That's or, a good. The one. Emperor expects the unexpected. And there was a few sort of. In universe ones, the emperor expects you to lay down your life for him or yeah. to pose the heretic, that sort of stuff. Oh, fun um, series. The winner <laughs> was was a great one, particularly because it was just sort of timely. 
and also just a little bit sad, which was the Emperor expects a Valentine's card from somebody else other than his mum. So that was the winner of that. And, and then um, there was, we also gave away a copy for uh, somebody who signed up to the newsletter as well, because I run a newsletter. So it was kind of a joint promotion of yeah. Uh, things. But yeah, no, there was just loads of great things. And they went through phases, sort of. Like there was... It started off with the Emperor expects a Big Mac and fries and a large shake, <laughs> and, and then and then uh, and, and there were lots of sort of um, fast food and takeout shakes going on. And, I just I just and, have uh, this. Yeah, we're trying to think of something for the next one for Book Eight, another fun competition we can do. I have this fantastic image of like John Blanche's great art of the Emperor sitting on the golden throne, surrounded by tubes and all that stuff, with just a little Burger King Kids Club crown in his head. <laughs> <laughs> and a valentine from his mom <laughs> in a single tear <laughs> well, what, you, what you didn't realize behind you know behind the uh, uh the great gate um where the two war i think it's the eternal gate which got all the banners and the two warhound titans behind that is two golden arches <laughs> <laughs> i thought you were going to say a little man in a curtain <laughs> <laughs> well there was that as well yeah it, 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 yes Somebody has to Photoshop this now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is yeah. important. <laughs> this is, you know, the, well, there's a Starbucks in every corner, so there's got to be a Starbucks on yeah. Terra. Um, Western so, culture is yeah. running out of deficit until this happens. <laughs> so just to, just to kind of pull this together here and to draw this to a close, I want to do some word association for you. Uh, and I think this will be kind of a fun thing. I just want to I get... i got three more questions. Okay, well... Do you want to do those? Oh, yeah, no, go one? do your questions then. I'm going to do because my word association, I think, is a good okay, wrap-up Okay, we'll be there. quick. All right, go. <laughs> <laughs> All right so game tie-in? Yeah? Game, game time. Yeah, Beast Rises. Any board games? Not or... that I know of. Okay, but well, maybe like a, say, specialist? a specialist game. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. maybe. If only there was a new studio for that. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna make a board game where well, it only yeah. ends when you kill off all of the uh, the Imperial Fist. It's <laughs> <laughs> not funny, well, Phil. We're sending out boxes. For people to send their Imperial Fist back because they're not allowed to Return postage paid. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Like, is we'll, this... we'll, 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 um, we'll return them with plain resin fist exemplar models. I <laughs> 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 like a little note that says repaint in 200 years. Um, yeah. I, I think if, if Forge World ever made a Beast Cruel model or a male Calidus, I would be so happy. Mm. Just mm. so happy. Anyway, yeah. yeah, and so uh, I think the last one, my buddy, uh, our buddy Dan, uh, Danny, who was on here uh, before, we were talking about this before, and we were pretty certain that you got most of these ideas off of your Rogue Trader campaigns <laughs> that you play there at the office. Uh, true or not true? No. <laughs> yeah, Danny's going to stop listening to the podcast Don't, now. Yeah. Can you change your answer? <laughs> no, what we did is we, we rolled on the tables. We just didn't bother playing the game. <laughs> You're all on the if there'll be, uh, there'll be, um, I forgot his name now. There's a, a, a pirate called something Goldenstein or something that keeps occurring in the scenarios in Rogue Trader. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I like to see like the at the end of the first book and the uh, the person goes to assassinate the body goes to, uh, bodyguard goes to assassinate Beast Cruel mm -hmm. and all you can hear is just a dice roll. I'm like, nope, he survives. Like, oh, okay. <laughs>
He passed his yeah. stealth check. <laughs> I think there was like a moment, like in the uh, um, in Van Gorich's chamber, that just it just had that like that feel of RPG thing, where like the the uh, the, the neophyte assassin was detected and was like, oh yeah, yeah, didn't pass. Rolled high enough on his uh, <laughs> yeah perception test. <laughs> Natural twenty. Had yeah. an NPC fit to it. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Now everyone's a bit too competent at the moment. Oh. <laughs> so sad. Although that said, you know, you could say, I suppose, that somebody just like rolled a fumble or something for the Imperial Fist. Yeah. <laughs> I, I attacked a planet. Oh, yeah. dear. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. You rolled a one in your armor save. <laughs> I choose to invade. A lot of ones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, I choose to invade the planet with bugs. Uh, an orc attack moon shows up. <laughs> what did I do to you? Yeah, it's like you really pissed off the DM. Random encounter yeah. chart. Yeah, yeah. random encounter chart. A oh, moon gosh. full of orcs. Oh, you're bad. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't on the wandering monster table. Yeah. <laughs> so but it been... should have been. So I saw you were playing. Should have uh... been. Yeah. So you've been playing. Yeah, that's uh... it. That's got to be the next supplement. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. A moon full of orcs. Yeah. <laughs> This really needs to be like a, a butt rock album. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, oh. A moon full of all. Yeah. It's a slow yeah. jazz album. <laughs> One of the songs could be The Last Imperial Fist. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah. Which, oh. by the way, if that gets made into like a movie redoing uh, The Last Unicorn, I'd be yeah. happy. There we go. Yeah, he'd be okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Iron Giant, maybe, instead. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, have you been playing any of the iOS games? I know uh, it was like Death Watch. I just picked that up last week, and that has been amazing. Um, I, well, I've not played Death Watch. I did, because um, that's Rodeo Games, who um, recently announced that they're winding down a little bit, unfortunately. Because no, okay. um, they did Warhammer Quest as well. But I, I, I've not played Death Watch, but I played their original game, the Hunter Games, which were kind of the template for it, and loved it. So when I first heard they were picking up GW licenses, that was very exciting. Mm. But, yeah, I've not had time to, but everyone was yeah. saying Death Watch has been pretty cool, actually. So I'm not surprised by that. Yeah, I heard nothing um, but good things about Death Watch. Real shame to hear about that studio winding down. Yeah. No. Yeah, there's, yeah, they put out a statement. I think, or you know, there's, they'll be carrying on in some capacity and doing some stuff, but I think, um, as is the way of some creative enterprises, um, they kind of, they, they grew quite big and then they kind of shed in some people and other people want to go off and do some other stuff. Okay. Uh, you'd have to read the press release for the details, okay. but um, hopefully they might, they'll be around at some point to do some more stuff. I think they still. I think they said they're still committed to doing the the extra Death Watch stuff and, and kind oh, cool. of um, DLC and stuff they had planned. I think. And, I think and you were so. doing anyway. you were doing Free uh, Freeblade. I think I saw something about that at one point. Uh, no, I've I've done a bit of I did a bit of editing and sort of consultancy work on Deathwing. Oh, okay. Um, oh, the new the first is, person shooter coming out. Cool. Yeah, Space Hulk Deathwing looks very very nice. Um, Are we going to hear your voice? Did you do any out, audio work? No, no, no. You're, not. You're not no, a Magus? Or not something? even like a servitor. Like a gene stealer? Like... I, could do, I could do a hybrid noise. And... Um, that's exactly what hybrids sound like. That's canon. That's canon now, he um, said it. Yeah, that's canon. Yeah. So, uh, so that was cool. I kind of just kicked, kicked that storyline around a bit. They were, they were quite far along in developing the, the game and stuff. So it, it was more trying to make it as much as 40k as possible, really, and, and throwing some t- cool tying stuff to bits and pieces that were I was writing about in Heresy and stuff. But, um, yeah, that looks good fun now. Obviously, I've not played the game, but um, it's got a cool story now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, now now it's a cool story. <laughs> now that you wrote it. <laughs> okay, so let's go ahead and get this 
get this wrapped up here. I'm going to do a little bit of word association for you. I'm going to say a word okay. or a statement, and I want you to say the first thing that comes to mind on this here. So, Van okay. Vangorich. Git. <laughs> oh. oh. Uh, beast cruel. Dangerous. Uh, Maximus Thane. Waiting. I, I think you took a little bit there. I yeah. Think Spoiler. Yeah. What was the true word? What was the first yeah. word? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like um, litter? He's got, he's got the black library sticker <laughs> on there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Corland. Did I say boobs. No. <laughs> Corland is boobs. <laughs> that was quick. Yeah. That's going to be edited now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All answers will be boobs. I'll just say actually, random words. Actually, yeah. I was going to say now it's the funniest one. Now that's that's actually now canon where yeah. Corland is actually a female. So yeah. I hope you're happy. <laughs> so yeah, Corland. Or destiny. Death. Ooh. So which one was boobs? Uh, Maximus Thane was boobs. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the Mechanicus. Agendas. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then tying into that, 32K High Lords. Uh, I, look... <laughs> I don't know. The first word that came to mind was uh, dickheads. Really. <laughs> <laughs> no, that works. That works. Yeah, that does work. Uh, that which was close. I was going to go with toilet doilies. <laughs> toilet doilies. I like that. It's very fancy. If they were decoration, they wouldn't be so dangerous. <laughs> Uh, the Assassinarum uh, doilies are very dangerous. Uh, <laughs> the Beast. Yogi Bear. <laughs> oh. oh, God. So, so now every time he comes hug. on screen, that's yeah. just going to be that's like, hey, hey, boo-boo. Hey, boo-boo. <laughs> I'm going to eat your butt. I'm sorry. And He's then, coming for your picnic. Yeah, steal the and then baskets. Get, get ready to t- uh, cringe, Ted, but this is genius right here. The oh, Last wow, Wall. Man. Not. <laughs> See, my word for that would be next, because the next book in the Black Library series would be The Black Wall, or the, oh, sorry, The Last Wall by David Annandale, which the, releases next is, month. Yes, you're, yeah, look at that. <laughs> it is next. That, that's a smooth outro. Yeah, coming right soon. Yeah. yeah, coming soon. Just, you just got an honorary degree in marketing I know, there. I know, my marketing is very, very good. It's um, on point. So, so Gav, thank, <laughs> Gav, thank you very much for joining us here. Um, you will next be seen in this series in November with The Beast Must Die. Uh, hey, just, right. just to clear that up, which beast is that? <laughs> <laughs> All the beasts. <laughs> All right, Gav, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us here. Um, uh, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Have okay, a great yeah. time again. Thank you very much. Excellent. No problem. Anytime. Thank you. 12,000 years ago, man discovered mammal boob. And ever since then, we have been sucking mammal milk. Now, in a new, seductive, udder-shaped plastic jug, milk can be brought with you wherever your travels lead you. Whether the boardroom, the dinner table, or the mountaintop, you can guzzle as much of that yummy, white, sebaceous cream your heart desires. Milk has wonderful attributes, like colostrum, a chemical found in the mother's milk immediately after she gives birth to her young calf. Now you could take advantage of the disease-curing effects of colostrum in your body. Treat your mouth to the wonderful mother's nectar of milk. Take it with you on your next adventure. Okay. There. He's, he's not going to hear me. Yep, can you hear me? Oh, I, 
I'm good at turning you on. Yeah, it's the nicest thing you've said to me <laughs> all week. Okay, well that was uh, that was good. That was fun. I want to thank Gav for uh, for for dropping by again for being Gav for being uh, Gav in yeah. our Skype and for deigning to uh, <laughs> to grace us with his presence. Yes, yes. Some, you know, three random nerds up here in Alaska. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that is super cool that yeah. he's like you know the second time and already signed up again for this summer. So I'm scared. I haven't <laughs> like, scared him off yet. That, that, that was some good upselling there. We. <laughs> Get him when it's uh, when he does, when he can't really say no. Yeah, like that, yeah, that British cool. politeness comes through. <laughs> um, yeah, no side. So, I'm sure he's like, yeah, he's like, grinning. God, these nerds, get him out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the, uh, the the shameless plug time the emperor expects is yeah. out now at all good bookstores, not the terrible ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the terrible um, ones will not. It have is it. not available. At, what was the one uh, was closed down recently? The last Borders. Border, yeah, you can't buy it at Borders. No. <laughs> uh, Borders, they're yeah, shut down. Uh, but yeah, any good bookstore, games workshop store, independent hobby retailers, mm-hmm. blacklibrary.com, Amazon. Uh, it's a it's a very good continuation of the series. Mm-hmm. I assume because it's not in the game. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't read it. I don't have it. But if you've read the first couple of books, it continues the story threads along. Um, look out for all these Easter eggs. Oh yeah. Go ahead and just send what him. Was that? You you, have, you pointed out something really good after we stopped recording oh, about yeah, the yeah, the bolter, yeah, yeah, yeah. the bolt pistol. Yeah. Oh, so I didn't want to say this because I don't want spoilers, but uh, the beheading of Angorich, uh, a single space marine, makes it through a hundred adversary assassins. Well, you know, all of his buddies are killed, but he makes it through and he kills the uh, Van Gor- or Van Gorich with a single bolt pistol. Um, but they've kind of check off scunded, in my opinion, in book two when they they have the um, the fist exemplar talk about the importance of making sure that bolt pistol is prepared and ready and accurate at all times mm-hmm. so trying to figure out like maybe it's thon that, that kills him but at the same time i do believe that um slaughter is headed as a death watch uh mm-hmm. marine so mm-hmm. I, I don't i don't know i don't know yeah. who's gonna be the one who pulls that bolt pistol will we even find out this story arc i, I don't I, even think we will i think this will end uh, with the stopping of the beast, and then Van Gorge will still be alive, and then that'll open up more stories in the 32nd millennium. You know, John, I just don't know what to expect. I, I don't know either. It's such a great... If only there was a way to find out. Yeah. Like reading the books. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so Emperor, Marketing. Emperor Expects is out now if you haven't picked up I Am Slaughter uh, by Dan Abnett or, or the <laughs> Predator Prey by Rob Sanders. And um, those are the first two books in the series. Real great about world building in there. Some great characters. Um, hopefully all of them survive, but we know they won't. Yeah, so um, plugs, uh, make sure to, I'm going to put some links in the notes, uh, but check out Gav Thorpe's website. Uh, he has a newsletter on there, so you'll get to hear more about what's coming up. Because um, he is, he does have one more book, I believe, in this series mm-hmm. after this, yep. uh, as in, well as in November. some, yep. some uh, Dark Angel uh, works coming up. Yep. Uh, uh, and then some follow him on Twitter as well, uh-huh. at Dennis Hamster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True story. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> true, true story. Uh, and then, yeah. Make sure to check out the new uh, Mob Rules website. Yeah. MobRulesMedia.com. Yeah, mm-hmm. There you go. .com. So you know it's official. Yeah. We're not one of those .net. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unofficial host site of Glacial Geek Battle Reports as well. That's right. uh, along with every other street corner on the internet. I mean, I throw them up wherever they will, <laughs> wherever they will stick. Throw it up. So, yeah. But yeah, check out the like Glacial, Geek, Glacial Geek YouTube channel as well. Every Monday with a new battle report. So, you know, and you can see some of these guys up there too. Yeah, so, straight up, couple, straight up, couple of bad guys. Yeah. So you can see some of the awesome paint jobs that Ted does, and you can see uh, 
some of the funny rolling that uh, Jonathan yeah, does. Some of my shit, some of my, <laughs> some of my shitlord lists. Uh, surprise for seven fifty. I think it's just going to be gaunts for days. <laughs> seven hundred fifty points worth of gaunts. Yeah, and Pretty one much. more. Uh, the we had a poll up for a while for the narrative versus competitive. Oh, do we have um, results? Was, yeah, we do. Uh, the narrative folks smoked. So. Uh, I think it was almost unanimous. I think there was like uh, one vote, <laughs> say, in the competitive one. Um, but we had three questions. We had, you know, who won the debate, as well as did you play competitive and narrative? And um, let's see, were you swayed at the end one way or the other? Uh, I think we had a few people that said that they were competitive players. I think most of the people who were listening say uh, claim uh, narrative. And I think uh, we had a couple of people sway over from competitive uh, being the best to narrative. So I think the, the narrative guys did it. Uh, however, the competitive team said that they want to rematch. So oh. I don't know if we'll do it again, but we like might change a true competitive team. Exactly. <laughs> they, they demand a rematch. So I think, and I think, you know, we'll do a rematch, but we'll, we'll tweak the format a little bit there. Yeah. I, I kind of think I want to have a uh, debate 40,000. There's only no war, no holds barred, <laughs> no holds barred gauge match. But yeah, it's, it's an interesting format. Yeah. It'd be nice to revisit. Maybe, maybe video, maybe video is oh, the way to do it. Yeah. 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 If only Lots we knew somebody could do video. Uh, maybe Amanda. Yeah, John's maybe, wife will yeah. do it. My, my wife will do it, yeah. 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 She's probably do better than I could. I was going to say, I'm better than I could, probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> moving on. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Oh, oh, oh. oh. I got jokes. Oh, oh. Hey. Uh. <laughs> All right, well, thank oh, you so take, much. Take yeah. my jokes, please. Oh. <laughs> well, well. <laughs> Sorry. Thank, thank you for joining us again, Phil. Yeah, no uh, I probably is... will never be invited back now. So. Oh, no, no, no. Easy targets. Easy targets. Um, this has been episode 17 of Mob Rules. Um, until That's next one more time. more than 16. That is. That is. <laughs> Math that But thing. it's also right. one less than 18. Yeah. So. Oh. Next episode will be legal. Um, <laughs> Damn. <laughs> and yeah, we will uh, see you then for surprises. Ooh. Ooh. That, what are they? I don't know. We gotta wait to figure it's only that out. Surprises because they don't know what it's gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> but it'll have dick jokes. That's, that's all Most that likely. Most likely. <laughs> all right. Thanks a lot, guys. We'll uh, see you next time. Thank you. Bye. Bye. This episode of Mob Rules has been brought to you by Mob Rules Media. Please join our Facebook group and be part of the conversation at facebook.com forward slash Mob Rules AK. You can also email us at themob at tophat-arts.com. Thanks for checking us out, and we will see you in two weeks.